You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Horton's new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the fabulous 54 Below. Before we get started this evening, just a polite reminder. Please take this moment to silence your cell phones. And also, there is no flash photography, please. Welcome to the 54 Below podcast. I'm Megan Prickett, the club's assistant programming director. Our guest today is Jade Jones, a.k.a. Liddy Official, who garnered international acclaim for their performance as Belle in Olney Theater's production of Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Known as the Disney princess who raps, Jade will be performing tracks from their highly anticipated EP, Hi, When I Wrote This, as well as songs by the artists who inspired the record. Jade Jones, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Macon, how's it going? It is going fabulous today. How are you, Jade? Oh, man, I'm so happy. I am so happy to be here. It seems like, you know, forever ago, I was like watching some of my favorite Broadway stars on your stage, just like hoping and praying for the chance to, you know, be able to get up there. It's such a legendary venue. And so I'm I'm just really grateful to be here. Yeah. And, and here you are making your 54 Below solo show debut, which is <laughs> thrilling for us, thrilling for you. We're all, we're all so excited. Um, you so have been, yeah, you've been on our stage before a few times, but I have. I mean, debut performance. I mean, that's a, with a solo show, especially that's, that's a huge deal. It's a really big deal. I mean, just to be doing something in New York and, and having a venue like 54 Below, um, you know, open their doors and say, you know, we want to feature you is is so out of this world for me. I'm so excited. Well, we we could not be more excited as well. I feel like we're both in that age age bracket of of kids who grew up watching, you know, Jeremy Jordan and, you know, all of those like Annalie Ashford, like these Broadway greats that we yeah. so looked up to doing these solo shows at 54 Below, you know, those YouTube videos, mm -hmm. which, you know, kind of blew all of our minds back then. And now, right. you know, to, to perform on the stage in a debut show, I mean, yeah. are, is it a daunting task? Like how, how do you prepare for that? How do you get ready for something such as this at this moment in your career? Yeah, it is. Um, you know, you, you, first of all, you don't have to create a theme. Um, and the, the, wonderful thing that I love about doing this is that it can be whatever I want. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I've done a, a few solo sh shows before cabarets. Um, I'm from DC, so, uh, I, that's where I've done them. But, um, I did a, a jazz show called jazzed and jaded, um, like maybe like seven years ago, I was obsessed and continue to be obsessed with Nina Simone. So oh, that yeah. was my Nina, my Nina Simone era. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I did some jazz and, and, you know, some Billie Holiday, Ella Fitzgerald, all that stuff. Um, and then I did a cabaret uh, that I called uh, Killing Them Softly, which was like a 70s, sexy 70s cabaret. Um, and now this one, which is, 
a cabaret slash concert slash celebration. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, there's definitely a lot that goes into it. Um, this, for the last cabaret I did, which was at the green room, um, I, it was just, you know, a piano cabaret, um, not just a piano cabaret because those are fire, but, uh, <laughs> you know, this time I'm having a full band and a DJ and we have a couple of tricks up our sleeves. So, you know, getting it all together as a solo artist is, it is a daunting task, but I'm so grateful that I get to perform my own original music. Um, it's truly a blessing. Like, you know, how many times do people get to, you know, say that they got to perform their original music at the original studio 54. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's, you know, it's something that we, we try everyone who works here, you know, we try never to take advantage of, you know, this amazing space that we work at, but, you know, doing, doing your own show in that iconic space, I, I can only imagine how, how thrilling that is, but. Yes. Uh, it's crazy. But I'm also like obsessed with the seventies. As I said, I did a seventies mm-hmm. cabaret. So yes. like, Every time I go to 54, like, you know, I've, I've done a couple of numbers there and other people's shows. Um, but every time I go, I'm listening to disco. When I yeah. walk up to the door, I'm like, <laughs> I'm listening to, you know, Chic and Donna Summer. And I just love the 70s. So like being at that space is, it's, it's, um, I don't know, it's very sacred to me. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. Um, your, your background in, in music and performance, you know, you said that you love the seventies, where did the love for that, like disco music and that genre of music begin? Um, I grew up listening to like seventies soul. Um, so like the Delphonics and Marvin Gaye, um, I can remember being in the back of my grandma's car, Um, and, and, you know, that's the music that she listened to also, you know, being at a cookout, being, you know, being from the (laughs) culture, being, being at a black cookout, you're going to hear, you know, Rick James, Marvin Gaye, um, the highlights, you're going to hear all that stuff. And so I think that's where the love, um, for that kind of music came from. And then, you know, it really is, uh, you can really hear the influence in a lot of the music today. Um, so I, I, I'm a big history buff. So going Mm -hmm. back to my roots is like, is, is what I love to do. So I'm always going to be uplifting those artists. Yeah. Well, and it seems, you know, disco is really kind of having a moment right now with all of these artists, such as like Lizzo and Dua Lipa, these people who are really using that, those inspirations in their Mm -hmm. new songs. It's, it's really having a moment. And as a lover of the seventies and disco myself, I'm like loving that this is kind of a mainstream thing. Absolutely. And I mean, not to, not to mention Beyonce with summer uh, Renaissance yes, and everything. Like, Beyonce is in her seventies era as we speak. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that, that uh, Virgo's groove, you know, we yeah, are yes, that. <laughs> and her coming, you know, her like coming down on the horse you know, yeah. that horse, that's the, that's the studio 54 horse. That's, that's an actual studio 54 reference. It so really is. yeah. So to be, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. The, um, the parallels, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so where did, you know, you have 
really kind of garnered a lot of success from playing Belle recently, as as we just mentioned. But where did the performance gene, where are the performance genes from? Like, were your parents performers? Did you have performers in your family? Are you all musical? Like, where did this kind of start? Absolutely. I come from a very musical family. Um, I come from a very animated family. I come from a family <laughs> of storytellers. Um, so, you know, I think I was just destined to perform. And I really don't think like, and sometimes I really say this, like, I, there's not much else I can do, you know, like that is my gift. That is my talent. That is, uh, my passion. Um, but I really think it started before I was even born, when I was in the womb, um, my mom and my aunt, they're twins. Not only are they twins, they're Gemini's. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Gemini twins. Uh, but they, um, they started singing when they were 13 years old. Um, and so while my mom was pregnant with me, they were singing all around the Washington DC area and they are twins. So their voices sound just alike. Um, and they have, uh, you know, they would harmonize, but they have a really specific sound. And while I was literally, you know, being formed in my mom's stomach, I was hearing these like really tight harmonies. Um, and, and so that's where I think my, my love for music came from. That's where my, my natural ear came from my love for different kinds of music. I mean, they were singing gospel, but you know, I grew up with, uh, my mom was 23 when she had me. So I was listening to Mary J. Blige, Biggie Tupac, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, you know, Stephanie Mills, listening to all kinds of different music. My aunt, she loved Prince. She loved Sinead O'Connor, Rick J. Like all, all kinds of different music. And, um, that's where I think I pull a lot of my inspiration from where it's not just one thing. I'm not just a rapper. I don't just do musical theater. I don't just do R and B, you know what I mean? And, and we, there, there are a lot of artists out there like that. Um, but I think definitely growing up around a two twins that sang all the time and, and going on tour with them, going to their shows, has definitely molded me into the performer that I am today. Wow. Yeah, of course. No. And so you went, you grew up going to their shows. You were seeing your mom and your aunt perform. Um, what was it like to did like, did they ever ask you to sing with them? Did you know from an early age that you did have a great voice yourself? Where did that kind of begin? Um, so also in addition to, you know, being performers their, themselves, my aunt was, um, the choir director, the mass choir director and the children's choir director at my church. My mom was in the church choir. She was like the, the soprano. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she married my stepdad, who was also a choir director at our church. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So um, I didn't really know I had a good voice until I, uh, was a little bit older and I got my, my aunt gave me my first solo also mentioning that, um, my aunt was, is still a music teacher, um, for over 30 years in the Fairfax County, uh, public schools program. Wow. And she was my music teacher as well. <laughs> That's amazing. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, she gave me my first solo and, uh, you know, from then it was, my parents were like, Oh, you know, they can really sing. They can't dance, but they can really sing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but that the dancing came much, much later. (laughs) Great. There's a really interesting, sorry. There's a really interesting pipeline from young like church performer to theater kid yes. and overall performer. I, I don't know if it's, it's the um, <laughs> dramatics of it all, or if it's just <laughs> that really good old music, but there's something about that. That's yeah, just completely well, fascinating to me. Exactly. And you know, church uh, is, is in its own way drama, right? <laughs> right. But no, you know absolutely. what I mean? And and not to mention, you know, my church also had a lot of um, arts programs. We had a drama program. We had a dance program. We had music. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I think it, it makes sense that <laughs> the church kids can turn into the theater kids. <laughs> right. Well, there's also this really big movement right now of being a multi-hyphenate. So when you're, when you're discussing, you know, all of these things that you do, that, that you're able to do, just being a, a versatile performer, I think that's not only super impressive, but that's got to be, you know, a challenge in its own way to, to be good at all of these different things as well. The pandemic really gave a lot of people an opportunity to unlock their secret superpowers. (laughs) Um, And, you know, because none of us were working and, and as I even just said (laughs) 10 minutes ago, you know, theater is the only thing I can do. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, you know, within theater and within performance, there's so much more. Um, And I think that, when we all weren't working, we all had a, had time to sit down and really analyze and say, what else can I do? And, and we were yearning for creative expression. Um, and that's where I, I, I was, I knew I was always interested in rap music and I would play with my friends and, and freestyle. And, and then sometimes, you know, we, we might put a beat on and freestyle and record it, but it wasn't until I was out of a job and on unemployment or, or trying to get on unemployment. That took forever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it wasn't until I, I really sat down with myself and, um, you know, was fighting for a way to express myself creatively, which I didn't even know that that was such a necessity in my life. You know what I mean? I just thought it was being in theater. I just thought it was for fun. Um, you know, and I was grateful that I was getting paid for doing something that I liked to do and doing something that was fun, but I didn't realize how much I actually needed that release. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting how, how so many artists and creatives used that time because there, there was no other option. You know, it was, we have this time that the universe has given us for reasons unknown. We, we have to use this. And so you know, the way that artists kind of evolved into better artists, more, more experienced artists, artists who Mm -hmm. had, you know, more, um, more tools in their toolbox as actors love to say, you know, it's, it's really kind of, kind of wild how that, how that happened. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so I'm, in, I'm interested to hear where um, the theater bug bit you. When did, when did that occur? Or was that just, you know, from coming from the church and the dramatics? Or was there like a moment where you saw a theater performance or were in a show that you knew that you also loved to perform in that medium as well? Yeah. So uh, my grandmother used to take me to uh, plays community theater plays. Um, in, in when I grew, I grew up in Reston, Virginia. Um, there were a few, uh, community theaters there. And as a kid, my grandma would, you know, take me to them, but I, I honestly don't really remember. <laughs> they were like plays for grown people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, I don't remember any of those plays. I do remember my aunt, the music teacher, um, you know, she directed a music, music, music directed a musical every year. And I remember they did Annie and I was just like <laughs> obsessed. I mean, yeah. it wasn't right. You know what I mean? But they did Annie and they had the best Miss Hannigan. And I just, I, I remember always wanting to be in a play. And then even with our church's drama program, I remember there were like, I just didn't really have much opportunity. I mm-hmm. remember like having maybe like one line and uh you know, I don't know. I didn't have much opportunity while I was growing up like some of my friends did. Um you know, I had a lot of friends that were like in drama camp. Um when I got to middle school and we could pick our electives, I never got theater. It was always my first choice and I never mm-hmm. got it. Um so uh, it wasn't until I was in high school, I took um, my first theater class my freshman year. And I was in my first musical. Can you guess what it is? Oh, gosh. Okay, wait, you were in Virginia, right? <laughs> yes, I was in Virginia. Okay, you were in Virginia. But, but, but Northern Virginia. Northern Virginia. Northern okay. Virginia and Southern Virginia are two different states. Okay, I, I heard. I'm from Alabama. So you know, anything goes down there. So Hmm. What were you, was it something like, I don't know, was it a classic? Was it like an Oklahoma or was, was your teacher trying to do something? I was in Oklahoma in high school, but it wasn't Oklahoma. I'll give you one more guess and then I'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, it was Fiddler on the Roof. (laughs) Oh, it was Fiddler on the Roof. Interesting. Interesting choice. Such an um, interesting choice for high school as well. Wait, who did you play though? I'm dying to know. <laughs> um, I was one of the daughters and honestly, yes. I, I love Fiddler on the Roof to this day. I love the yeah. music. It is one of my favorite musicals. It is what literally, you know, introduced me to musical theater. Um, wow. Yeah. To, to performing, um, to acting. That is my, uh, Fiddler was my gateway drug. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we all have one and we never forget what it was, you know? Right? Exactly. <laughs> well, no, that's, I mean, that's a great show. What were some of the other shows you got to be involved in though, in high school? Uh, so I said, Oklahoma, um, we did McBee, the Scottish play. Yeah. Um, and I was actually involved or all the schools were involved in this program. I don't know if you're familiar, it's called the Cappies. No. Um, so it's basically like the Tonys for high school theater. Fierce. Okay. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's hosted every year at the Kennedy center. Wow. And, yes. Um, 
and uh, my high school was really involved with the program. Um, during my time, we were the champs of the Cappies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so I also had a lot of um, cool people that went to my high school. I went to high school with Kevin Clay, if you're familiar. I'm not. He right now is in, uh, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, Kevin. Book of Mormon, Book of Mormon. Oh, fierce. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we did, uh, one year we did The Wiz. Nice. And we had uh, ABC come in and do a two-hour 2020 documentary uh, based on our production of The Wiz. <laughs> wow. Yeah. High school was wild. <laughs> yeah, no, that's like the big leagues. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was, it was crazy because High School Musical had just came out. I'm telling my oh, age. Here. Yeah, but High School Musical had just dropped, and so uh, ABC came and they followed about five of us around for a month and a half, um, and did this kind of reality documentary kind of situation, um, and called it uh, drama high, a r- the real high school musical. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> That's intense. Oh yeah, my gosh. I'm going to have to look that up. <laughs> you should, you should look it up on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely will. Well, do you think coming from a, like a high school theater, uh, organization that was, that was competitive and was quite intense. How has that, you know, helped you for, for the real world as well? Yeah. I mean, I knew, I think excuse me once I hit sophomore year of high school I knew that this is what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. um you know because I I was in high school so I was seeing my my peers go off to conservatories and and really good programs and seeing them at the start of their career um and that's when I realized you know this could actually I I I don't want to be a doctor. I don't want to be a lawyer. I don't want to be right. you know what I mean? Um I want to be an actor and and this is how it's done and um it became a real possibility for me. Yeah. And and then you you graduated from high school and went on and you got your BFA, which is amazing. Correct. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I went to uh, a small liberal arts school in mm-hmm. uh, Southern Virginia called Ferrum College. Okay. And, you know, so it's interesting because sometimes those small, you know, the smaller schools, you know, you're, you're dealt, you're met with this opportunity when you graduate of where you want to go. And obviously everyone wants to go to NYU or Juilliard or whatever, but, right. you know, sometimes you can get so much, a much more well-rounded education at, sure. a sm- I, I went to a smaller school as well. And I cherish the, the, that experience and Absolutely. think so highly of it because not only was I able to, you know, have great performance opportunities, but I did so much in the theater department that I would have never been able to do at a bigger school. I agree. I agree. And honestly, just for life. I mean, it was great to have to, I was completely out of my comfort zone um, because Mm -hmm. it was in, you know, the mountains. Um, I, I came from, you know, right outside of DC and I went to a town of maybe like 700 people. Um, yeah, but, um, you know, there was the culture shock mixed with the, the small community vibe really 
you know, taught me a lot of life lessons and taught me a lot about diversity and, and got me close with people that I, you know, would have never had the opportunity to, you know, connect with outside of that experience. So, you know, I, I cherish it as well. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah, no, I, I totally relate. I love that. I um, am curious to learn when not only only theater group came into your life, but um, how Beauty and the Beast came came to be. Were you performing with Olney before? Did you grow up seeing shows there? What what was the what's the history there? I did not. Um, so I started auditioning professionally in in 2014, mm-hmm. and um, I booked my first show with Olney in 2016, I believe, and uh, it was Sweeney Todd. And it was, I had just uh, received my equity card. And so they were like, I think it was the second show, my second equity show. Um, And uh, I was in the ensemble and I had a great time. I mean, they were a very reputable um, theater in the DC area. And so I was really excited to perform there. Um, And uh, yeah, I, 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 I kept you know, contact and kept a connection with them. Um, and, uh, they, eh, right before the pandemic. So I would say, I think maybe, I don't know, October, 2019 or something like that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, they, uh, the casting director reached out to me and said, Hey, you know, we're doing beauty and the beast next season. Um, we would like to know your availability. We don't really know, um, you know, what character we want to call you in for, but, uh, we just want to know if you're available. And because DC, uh, they book out way, way, way in advance. I was like, of course I'm available. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, and they were like, great. And then maybe a week later they said, uh, we are thinking about reading you for Belle. Would you be interested? And I was like, Belle, what? Um, uh, sure. You know, <laughs> I was surely thought they were going to call me in for Mrs. Potts or Podsworth right. or, you know, mm-hmm. but Belle, I was like, okay. Um, you know, and, and for me, I just looked at it. It's fun. I just looked at it as playing a, a character and, and from I mean, that's what acting is, right? You know? Yes. Um, Some have may, maybe forgotten that, but yes, that is. Yeah. What it is. <laughs> yeah. So um, also the director, Marsha Milgram Dodge, who I love, um, she directed me uh, in uh, 110 in the Shade at Ford's Theater. Um, I was in the ensemble of that show and we became close friends. And so she... Uh, was the director for Beauty and the Beast. And, um, you know, she'll tell you a better story, her, her a better rendition of it, but <laughs> she really just wanted to do, she didn't want to do the normal Beauty and the Beast because, I mean, you know, although we've seen show, it. We've, we've seen it. Exactly. You know, the we show have is seen beautiful, it. <laughs> but we've seen it and we've seen it and we've seen it. Yeah. And, um, she just, because she knows me and she knows my talent, she, um, she believed in me. So, yeah. 
it's fascinating because it really, there are two things that you just said, you know, you, you said that you had worked with her previously, which just goes to show the importance of being a good collaborator. You know, when you're a good collaborator, when you're someone others like to work with those, that's people remember you for those things, but also having someone believe in you is so important and in life in general, but especially in this industry where it, that is not always the case. You know, that's, that's incredible. I, I remember seeing the videos start to kind of blow up and go viral when, when the only theater started posting them. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a Playbill article or something. I remember seeing it. I just like, I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. Like they listened to everything that was said in 2020 and all of the, they took account of everything that was happening in the world. And they said, here is Beauty and the Beast. It's going to be incredible. Here are the reasons why. And yeah. it and was. Because- the funny part is not well not the funny part but this actually was supposed to happen before 2020 wow wow yeah so that's amazing that really is amazing yeah it it really is well when it came time when you know you know you got the call or the email that you know you knew you were playing this part this iconic role um what were what were your thoughts going into this rehearsal process i mean we're i i'm sure to you know you said earlier it's it's acting you're playing a role of course but were, was there fear? Were there nerves? What was that process like when you were first starting out? Yeah, I mean, I think there was a little bit of insecurity. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think there was a little bit of insecurity um, because that's such an iconic role. Mm-hmm. So many iconic people have played it and there's an expectation. And I know that I went into that room I, very happy that I had the role, but I just know that I went into that room trying to be somebody I wasn't. Mm. And I know that my director, Marsha and my music director, Bobby both had to tell me, you know, sing like you, you know, you, you don't, you don't have to put on a Disney princess kind of voice or, you know, I, I, I came in trying to be a princess and, Marsha helped me strip it down to a real person. If that makes sense. No, it it absolutely makes sense. And And I have to say as someone who just, unfortunately I didn't see the production, but as someone who saw the videos, it, it was such a like raw, real portrayal of the, of that character that Mm -hmm. we've never really seen. And to me, and I know to countless others, that was, not only refreshing, but so, so inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, I didn't know, I really didn't know how inspiring it was going to be. I didn't expect the reaction at all. Um, Mm -hmm. I, again, I was just like, this is my job. My job is to create characters and to have fun. And that's, that's really all I did is, um, I just said, okay, I'm just going to be myself, you know, and I didn't know how being myself could inspire so many others. Wow. Well, it it definitely has. And, you know, I'm sure the pressure, not even pressure, maybe that's the wrong word, but you know, that feeling when you kind of started to see this go viral, you know, I can't imagine how, how you were feeling in that moment, but can you tell us a little, a little bit about the, you know, enormous amount of 
praise that this theater, this theater company and you were getting for this production that was so, so beautifully directed. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, Evan and I, Evan, who played the beast, um, Mm -hmm. he was also, you know, such a, a big part of, of how successful our production was because Evan lost his leg to cancer Mm -hmm. um, a few years ago. And so um, he has a a prosthetic leg and, you know, to see everybody thinks of the beast as this, first of all, he's a beast, but you know, when he, (laughs) when he turns into a prince, he's this, you know, man with, you know, muscles and no flaws. And, and I think, um, and, and Marsha's, Marsha's vision was to put two people together that the world sees as outsiders, Mm -hmm. um, and, and highlight the beauty in themselves individually and the beauty of their relationship. Um, so we both got so many messages from people. I I think the craziest was when I started seeing, receiving messages from people out of the country, um, from Africa. There were articles written about us in South Korea, uh, Australia. I mean, I just, it's the power of the internet and social media. I remember, Mm -hmm. um, Evan and I both knew once we, you know, were in our costumes and, and in previews and started, you know, seeing the audience's responses. Um, we knew that, that we had something really special and that it was going to blow up. So we both were asking only like, we want video. We want to be able to put it on our own social media. And Evan, Evan is, is famous, um, for his tap dancing, um, for, and many other things, but mm-hmm. he, he, many other things, Evan, you know, you are, if you're listening, <laughs> but, um, he, he's a really famous tap dancer. So he has a lot of followers. I think at that time I had like 1600 followers, um, which is, you know, really not that much. I didn't have as much as Evan. Let's just say that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, um, and so, uh, I asked only for the video just so I could post it on my social media so that my little followers of family and friends could, you know, see the video. Mm -hmm. And that is the video that took off. It ended up getting like, I think that video has like a hundred thousand views or something like that. Wow. Um, and yeah, it, it took off the first day that I posted it on my little Instagram account. And I mean, just the power of like one person sharing it and then another person sharing it and then another, like, um, it was crazy. And I mean, the, the messages and the comments about people, you know, in tears because they finally, you know, saw themselves represented. It, Mm -hmm. It was overwhelming, honestly. Yeah, I mean, and I, I I can say from just from my perspective, you know, I was always the character actor through college and everything. Uh-huh. And so seeing this, this production, seeing the casting and then the videos and the footage and everything, it was, it was as if I was like, well, finally, but then yeah. you're also there's a level of frustration because it's like, it really took us this long. But then like, look at just the, t- not that Broadway is the standard, but I mean, they 
they are in a way. Look at the Tony Awards this year, you know, celebrating Alex Newell and Bonnie Milligan and Jay Harrison. Like it's, it's really like, we're like moving in this place, the theater industry Mm -hmm. where, you know, diversity, body positivity, like we're, it's like, we're finally getting there. Mm -hmm. And not that there's not so much work that still needs to be done, obviously, but you know, how do you feel about, you know, the future of the industry, especially knowing that these regional theaters and like smaller theatrical organizations around the country are leading the way just as much as Broadway is on this front, really? Yeah. Um, I think it's super important um, for us, especially, I mean, on Broadway, like you said, that is the, you know, that's what we're all looking to. People want to, all of us want to be on Broadway, you know, it it makes a lot of money. It's in the center of the universe in New York, but I think it's really, really important for, um, for these, for the regional theaters to also be doing the work just because, you know, a lot of people can't make it to Broadway. You know what I mean? A lot of people can't make it to New York. It's, it's our responsibility to go and into our communities and to put on work and to tell the stories of the people that reflect those communities. Absolutely. I I love that. Um, I could talk about this with you literally all day, but we're going to take a very quick break. We're going to have some messages and then we are going to come right back with Jade Jones. All right, messages. And we are back with the fabulous Jade Jones talking about their upcoming 54 Below solo solo debut. Hi, when I wrote this, let's talk about it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. So your upcoming show, you're celebrating the release of this new EP. Um, Can you give us kind of some insight into the creative process behind this EP? How does this reflect kind of your 
this this artistic evolution of Jade Jones right now in this moment. Absolutely. So I'll just give a little background about yeah, uh, Liddy Official. Liddy Official is Jay Jones and Jay Jones is Liddy Official. Love it. Love <laughs> uh, it. Just, just another side of me. Um, I created Liddy Official, um, my uh, uh, alien, non-binary, um, uh, very much to- toxic uh stud energy persona. (laughs) Um, I created that during the pandemic. Um, as I said before, you know, looking for other ways to express myself. Um, there were a few nights, um, and, and I really think it's because I wasn't doing anything, um, that I couldn't sleep. I just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote until maybe like seven in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, I decided to, um, kind of create my own home studio. Um, so I bought, you know, a microphone and, and, um, some software and my cousin at the time, um, was producing his own beats. And so, um, I hit him up for some beats and recorded a few songs. And before I knew it, I had like seven songs recorded and I was like, I think I want to release this. Um, so I, it was at the time where you weren't allowed in anywhere, but you know, Mm -hmm. restaurants were getting around it by having, you know, outside dining or whatever. So I did a little release party at this uh, place called the Songbird in Washington, D.C. And um, we did the release party inside. We had the performance going on inside and outside they had a projector so that you could sit outside and watch what was going on inside. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, which was pretty cool. Um, And from then on, um, I I did a couple of shows and I was like, oh, my God, like, I'm out here, I'm out here rapping. <laughs> you, yes, you are. I'm out here rapping. Um, and it was pretty cool. And, and there was a really amazing response to it. I ended up uh, filming a music video. Uh, yeah, so so uh, basically that it was just fueling um, the my rap career. <laughs> um, and then uh, I released my second project, um, Cake. Um, mm-hmm. I released that in 2021, um, and uh, I decided I want to take wanted to take it up a notch. And um, since I had gotten such a great response, and I was actually like doing shows and stuff, I wanted to record that professionally. Um, so I went into a studio, Q Recording Studios in Washington D.C., um, and they it just so happened that I linked up with like one of the best rap engineers ever. Um, his name is Tyler wow. Shaker. And uh, he um, helped me record my my second project. And that uh, was really successful. Um, and again, these are all like EPs. They're all like seven songs. But I mean, they, they, they really took off. Um, and so this one, uh, Hi, when I wrote this, um, this actually has uh, some beats on it that were produced solely by me. Um, uh, I just kind of started getting into making my own beats instead of buying them. And, 
mm-hmm. it's crazy. It's just like, <laughs> you know, finding your your other talents because like did I know I could make beats no can I play the <laughs> piano absolutely not <laughs> but, here I, but here I am like making my own beats they sound good they sound really cool um I uh have had I went into the studio and recorded um some songs from this but I also have uh recorded some in New York with my friend Alex um and yeah that was a lot that was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, I'm it's fascinating. Like all the liner notes right now. <laughs> <laughs> it is fascinating. This EP, how I want to wrote this. Um, so we're blending, you're blending, you know, elements of Drake inspired trap music and soul. And are you wondering how, you know, you have these inspirations such as Drake? Yeah. Um, who, who are some of the others who have inspired you? I know I read somewhere that Queen Latifah was also an inspiration as well. Absolutely. Queen Latifah, Biggie Smalls, um, Gwen Stefani, Lady Gaga, Billie Holiday. Um, yeah, I, I just feel like, and you can kind of hear it in my voice that like, uh, or at least this is what people tell me, <laughs> that I, uh, you can hear all the different influences in my voice and in my inflections and in the way I sing. I love how you have these inspirations that go all the way back to, you know, Billie Holiday and also Drake. Like that's, that's amazing. And that again, goes back to that versatility. I, I feel that the reason, one of the reasons that you're such a versatile performer is because look at these people who have inspired you, who are like giving you this, this creative inner their creative energy as well like that that's going to create this amazing product yeah yeah I agree I agree and you hear it um in the record you know there are some songs that are like you know laid back chill R&B records some are Mm -hmm. like bangers some are like I want to get up and shake my ass (laughs) (laughs) love it so we can expect to hear all of these things all of these at your show absolutely you know um there's some that are like, you know, some sad R&B songs, but in all of my songs, I like to rap and sing. Um, and I, I, I pride myself on not having to, you know, have a background singer or, or not having to, you know, have a feature, you know, I can do my own features. Yeah. You can do it yourself. Why, right. why, why get somebody else to do it? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, can you give us any, you've told us, you know, kind of what to expect for your upcoming show. Can you give us any, you know, little secrets about maybe there's a surprise or two? Is there anything else you can tell us that we may not already know? Try not to give in too much away. Don't give too much away. No, we can, we can save the rest for the show. That's why people have to buy no, their tickets. No, it's just going to be really fun. Um, you know, yeah. it's, I, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, it's not going to be a, a, a sit in your seat kind of show. Um, okay. I'm, hoping, I'm hoping that people, you know, that we get up and dance and, and party and celebrate. I'm hoping people, you know, come up to the front of the stage, um, you know, ask questions. There's going to be a, a question and answer um, segment of the show. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just to, you know, um, I, 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 it's a very vulnerable moment for me. Um, um, I've been working on this album for the past year and a half. Um, so 
you know, I'm just hoping to really be able to connect with my audience, with my fans, with my family, friends, whoever shows up, hoping that there's some people there that I don't know, you know, um, and, and just the time for me to, um, really be intimate. Yeah. Well, it sounds like, you know, there's, there's this mold of a cabaret show that everyone kind of follows. And it sounds like this is completely breaking the mold. And I have to say, I would expect nothing else from you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you, Megan. (laughs) I I love it. I I think it's going to be a really, I know, I know it's going to be a really exciting night. And I know that the people who are buying these tickets and coming out to support you and to, to experience this show are going to be equally as thrilled. So we're, I mean, we're really looking forward to it. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Thank you guys for the opportunity. Of course. Before we go, where can all of our listeners find you on the social meds? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Liddy Official. That's L-I-T-T-Y Official. Uh, you can also listen to uh, my last two EPs, He Could Never and Cake on Spotify, SoundCloud and Apple Music. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Jade. We are so looking forward to this upcoming show. Our listeners, make sure you are purchasing your tickets to see Jade Jones. Hi, when I wrote this, Sunday, September 10th at 9.30 p.m. Thank you so much, Megan. Thank you for listening to the 54 Below podcast. We will see you in Broadway's living room soon. You've been listening to the 54 Below podcast, part of the Broadway Podcast Network. Subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. To find out more about our upcoming shows, visit us at 54below.org. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.